<laughs> well, we, uh, we, uh, our, our pianist is, uh, on vacation, and so we're doing this piano over here is, you can go ahead and pre-record your music and turn it on, and it'll play the song, and so, uh, that's what we did. Uh, we just didn't know where it was going to stop. So, <laughs> so bear with us. Uh, it's going to be good. Uh, once again, uh, thank you and welcome to Deep Creek Baptist Church uh, on this beautiful Sunday. Uh, coming off a historical week uh, of prayer and God's providence. Uh, Birthdays and anniversaries, and when I call your name, if you will please stand, we're going to sing happy birthday to you. And we're going to start off with Mr. Brad Johnson. <laughs> and then we'll go to uh, Michael Brower. Uh, Miss Linda's going to have a birthday this week, if she'll stand, please. And, uh, and Carly Barber, uh, she's got a birthday this week, so uh, we're going to sing happy birthday. It was just... Y'all take your time, we're good, we're going to sing happy birthday so you hadn't missed anything yet other than the fact that the piano stopped in the middle of the song and that's not our fault. Uh, so, the what? <laughs> Look, we ain't even blaming you so you need to say, <laughs> you're good. Uh, we're not blaming anybody, it's the, it's the electronics. Uh, join me in singing happy birthday. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, God bless you, happy birthday to you. Now you guys can take a few minutes and clean your ears and from where I heard them from my rendition of singing, uh, Brother Steve. Okay, our next hymn is uh, 624. Six, since Jesus came into my life, we'll try to do this one.
Well, it's time for announcements, praises, and prayer requests. Um, January, or excuse me, July the 6th, which is the Wednesday, is our annual or our quarterly business meeting. I think that people being on vacation on the 4th will move it seven days, so it'll be the 13th of July. We will have our business meeting at 7 o'clock. Um, and I'll mark this in here. All right, um, July the 3rd and Wednesday, July the 6th, there will be no youth Sunday school or youth group on that Wednesday night due to people being on vacation. However, we will have adult Sunday school, and the little ones, if they want to go, they will, they will be taken care of. Um, and then the children, if they're youth or whatever, they can sit in the adult Sunday school class. Um, on that Wednesday, or I mean on that Sunday the 3rd, uh, preaching and the Wednesday night Bible study will be just regular. If you're in town and you want to come on Wednesday night the 6th, we'll be here at 7 o'clock and we'll have Bible study as we normally do. Um, any other announcements? Okay. And we'll, we're just going to do a one day, so it'll probably end up being like a nine to four okay. that day. So if you've uh, got talents that you would like to share or if you'd like to volunteer, uh, you'd like to hire that would be great to Okay, cool. July the 30th. That will be fun, I promise. Uh, um, if it's like before, eventually at the end of the day, there'll probably be a giant slip and slide out there the kids will go home cleaner than they came I promise uh, we go through dish soap out there like it's going out of style uh, but uh, it'll be a good time had by all and we will learn they will learn about the Lord uh, any other announcements praises and prayer requests any additions to the prayer list Amen. Amen. Well, we're, we're pleased to have them. Miss um, Sandy, I've seen your head. Yes, ma'am. And thank all the people Amen. Amen. Um, go ahead. And, yes. I was wondering who was going to praise the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Uh, I'm going to kind of hit on that a little bit uh, in my sermon. But, uh, yeah, it's a pretty significant thing that happened. Uh, Sent it back to where it belonged to the states. Um, any others? Praises, prayer requests? Uh, yes, ma'am. Okay. All right. Uh, any others? Amen. Amen. Any others? Okay. Um, any other praises, prayer requests? Well, we had a praise. Uh, Sharon and I uh, had a wedding to attend yesterday, and we got up there back and safe and sound. And we had uh, got to see, she got to see all of her brothers and sisters. And so it was a good time. Uh, pretty little wedding. They got, you know. Weddings are becoming less informal except for the bride. And that's probably the way it should be. Um, but that's just my opinion. Uh, we had a good time. We had a good time. Um, any other praises and prayer requests? Uh, update on God's little acre. We're still getting squashed like it's going out of style. 
probably have some middle of the week. I, I went out there the, yesterday and there were more blooms than there were squash, so it's coming. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, cucumbers are starting to come in. Um, there's, we got a few here and there, but I think they're really fixing us to come on. Uh, got a few cantaloupes that's getting ready. Uh, watermelons is getting there. Uh, our corn is about ready to come off. Uh, Stephen told me yesterday that the butter beans are ready to pick. So it's fixing to get uh, green thumb time, literally, from shelling peas and green beans. So, or, or butter beans. Uh, any other praises and prayer requests? If there's no others, then we will go to the Lord in prayer. Most glorious Lord God, we love you and we thank you for this day. And Lord, I just ask you to bless our time together. Lord, we uh, thank you uh, for your providence. We thank you uh, for hearing our prayers. You tell us in your word, Lord, uh, that we are to pray diligently and not to cease praying. Lord, and we have and we do. Uh, we lift up these that were mentioned, Bill Evans, uh, Sam, um, Lord, uh, uh, the homeless person that, that found some shelter. Um, Lord, we just lift these all up to you, those that were mentioned and those that were not. Uh, we welcome, Lord, that you uh, having visitors visit with us today. And God, we just thank you for that. Uh, we ask you to uh, allow us to be on our... Uh, best hospitality that we always are uh, allow people to see the folks here at deep creek for who they are uh, a loving caring group of people lord we uh ask you to uh be with these on the prayer list that we know that are that are struggling with uh issues of health and and loss and um Lord, we just thank you that we have the ability to come before you. You know, you give us a great gift, uh, the gift of access to you. We just need to not take it for granted and continue to, to use it uh, all the time. Lord, when things are great, let us pray. Lord, when things are mediocre, let us pray. Of course, you know that we're going to come to you when things aren't going well. But Lord, let us pray all the time. Um, we long to see your your answers, and sometimes, uh, Lord, we think you don't answer when you don't respond, but you have. Uh, you have answered. Uh, we just didn't recognize the answer. God, we love you. I ask you, Lord, to uh, open your word up to us, that as we uh, delve into your word today, that it'll touch the hearts that need to be touched that we can glean some things that we can take from your word and walk out into this world that is dark and, and, and depraved. And Lord, maybe, just maybe, some will see the light and, and receive the seed and, and build on that seed when you call them. Lord, we love you and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, if you please stand and turn to page 573 for our offertory hymn, as uh, Heaven Came Down.
Once again, good morning. Um, we're going to have a lot of Bible verses today. Um, so if you have your Bibles, if you would go ahead and, and turn to Luke chapter 18. We'll start there and then we will go uh, to some other verses. And, uh, it's, and the verses, I'm, I'm, what I'm going to do today is talk about prayer. Uh, And I'll give you a prelude into this. Uh, in 1973, I was a freshman in high school. A long time ago. January of uh, the 22nd of 1973, uh, the Supreme Court of the United States made a decision that was not only morally wrong but it was legally wrong in a 7-2 or a yeah 7-2 decision in 73 they decided that in our constitution was the right to kill your child in the womb that's what it boiled down to and for the next 49 years Christians prayed Christians were activists. They stood outside of abortion clinics. They stood outside of Congress. They stood outside of state senates and capitals. And they pleaded with legislators to do what's right. To follow the word of God. And so 49 years later on July the 24th in 2022... The Supreme Court reversed Roe Wade with a 6-3 vote and sent it back to the states where it belongs. Um, there is not a constitutional provision in our Constitution or amendment uh, that anywhere will tell you that it's legal or you have a right 
to uh, terminate your pregnancy uh, because you just want to. Now, with that being said, there's been plenty of cases and case studies that's brought before the country and common sense things, you know, uh, and it finally came to a head here uh, over this ruling that the Supreme Court made this week. Um, it was a ruling that let us know that God still has not removed his hand from this country. He's not forsaken us yet. We've quit sacrificing babies so far. There's going to be places in our country that will still sacrifice babies. There's going to be places in this country who will take them right up to the moment of birth. And I, for the life of me, don't understand it. Um, Demonic, all the people, and, and you know, there's a lot of cliches and things. All the people that are pro choice, their parents were pro child, or as they say today, anti abortion. Not one of them suffered abortion. Their mom and dad thought they were viable. Loving people, they followed what God said and they brought them to term and they raised them. And then, for whatever reason, uh, depending on what family they were in and how they were raised, they were uh, given the, uh, the moral or the morals that they inherited from their parents. Some of them, not so much what they inherited from their parents but so much as what they were indoctrinated in our schools. Um, I was a product in the 70s, like I said, of some of this new stuff coming on, and it was uh, difficult for us, not as difficult as it is today. Uh, we were in the majority in school, those of us that had a, a biblical foundation and those of us who uh, were raised uh, not necessarily in the church every day, but we were there. Uh, and so we had, a, we had a base layer that we got through uh, osmosis, whether we wanted it or not. Um, and so today uh, we are celebrating the fact that there were uh, five courageous men and one woman to stand up for the principles of the Lord. Um, and so anyway, with that being said, we can see throughout the Bible, the whole Bible, uh, where prayer has proved to be effective, maybe not in the beginning, as we would see on our timeline, but 50, 60, 70, 80 years, and then the Lord answered and made a shift. Um, and, you know, I, the one off the top of my head that comes to mind was when God had told Moses to send the spies into the land. And they send 12 spies into the land of plenty. And they came back and two of them were reported as ready for the taking. And the other 10 said, no, there's giants in the land. They will devour us. And so God had the nation of Israel wander in the desert for 40 years until that evil generation would die off. And two of the people that were in that generation survived. In fact, they thrived because when they came back 40 years later to, to enter the promised land, uh, Joshua and Caleb were still of their strength. They still had the strength of a young man. They still had the wherewithal and the mind uh, of a young man. They did 40 years before. And they did what God told them to do. And so prayer, you know, think about the people in our lives that we prayed for uh, who are our family members who are lost or who have turned their back and, and slid away from the Lord. Think about them. 
prayer, you know, that mothers pray for their children, the prayer that families pray for their brothers and sisters. You know, sometimes we don't see it, but it does not go unheard. It does not go unheard. Uh, in Luke, this is the story about the, the tax collector. Uh, we all know this, uh, this story, and uh, Jesus was speaking in a parable, and, uh, you know, uh, the tax, he says, I fast twice a week, and I give tithes of all that I possess. And that's in verse 12. In verse 13, it says, And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you this. I'll tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalted himself shall be abased. And he that humble himself shall be exalted. Think about this. For 49 years, people have stood and bragged about the right for a woman to choose what happens to her body. And they use it under the guise of women's health. Well, if everything was legal according to that, then why when somebody in a car accident, the mother and the baby that's in the womb passes away, why does the man or woman that was in the driver of the other vehicle get charged with two counts of manslaughter? Doesn't make sense. It's the only difference is... Um, where you're at, your environment, your place. It is okay to walk into a building and terminate a child. But it's not okay to terminate a child any other place outside of that building. It doesn't make sense. It's all about environment. The child is still viable and still Live inside the womb, whether it's in that building or in an automobile. Or anywhere else. But our government deemed it was okay to execute children in a building. And uh, today or Friday that was rectified. There's a lot of other things that's going to be rectified, whether through God's work or not. These verses from a well-known story of the Pharisees and the tax collectors praying in the temple uh, reveals that prayer that allows us to enter into a relationship with God. See, we have a free gift, access to God. Before, you could only go to, a, to the uh, priest. And the priest would once a year walk into the sanctum sanctorums and make an offer, a sin offering for the whole nation of Israel. The Holy of Holies or the Sancta Sanctorium in the, in the temple was behind a veil, a big veil. And he would go in and make that offering for the people. And if he was righteous, he would come out. If he was not, when he entered behind that veil, he would be struck dead. Thus the reason for them tying a rope around the ankle of the high priest when he entered to make the center. The sin offering. Because anybody entering behind the, the veil of the, into the sanctum sanctoriums that was not the high priest would die. And so rather than them leaving them there, they tied a rope around his ankle so that if God struck him dead, they could drag him out. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? We have an opportunity to worship God. We have an opportunity for him to hear our words. We have a direct line uh, to God. God have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. Is what this tax collector said. He was a publican. He was a tax collector. He was honest with God about his sin. He humbled himself. He said he wouldn't even lift his eyes to heaven. And he pounded on his chest. He was so sincere in the fact that he was unworthy. 
And he repented and acknowledged his need for God's mercy. God answered his prayer and saved him. Bottom line, the first step in developing a prayer life is calling upon God for salvation. That's just what this publican did. God have mercy on me. And then you build upon that. Think about this. And there's rules about prayer. I know the Sunday school class talked about the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is an outline of how we are to pray. It tells us this is what we should do. And this is how we should do it. And this is what we should say. And if you go down that prayer and look at what's going on in that prayer, it tells you when and how and what order to make your petition to God. Psalm 66, 18 says, If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Thus, number one, revert back to number one. The first step in developing a prayer life is calling upon God for salvation. Once we have salvation, then the next step is that we need to come before him knowing and understanding and with the faith that he hears us just as our friends hear us. See, the verse from David's psalm shows us a major hindrance to God's willingness to hear our prayers. Unconfessed sin. Why do you think we're called to repent? We ask God, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I do it every night before I go to bed. I do it in the morning when I wake up. During the day, I ask God for forgiveness. I call him out when he blesses me. I call, him, I call on him when, when things aren't going well. You ever had fat fingers and try to start a nut on a boat when you can't see it? And it keeps dropping and it keeps dropping and you have to be a semi-contortionist to get that nut in that place. And you go and you go and you go and the sweat falls off and you get frustrated and you want to take that little nut and throw it. And you say, Lord, help me, Jesus. I can't do this. Take your swig of water and all of a sudden, bang, that thing goes right on. Thank you, Lord. We're trying to do things in our own power. He tells us to pray unceasingly. Unconfessed sin risks us from not hearing from God. And it prevents Him from hearing us. None of us have a chance because we're all sinners. Revert back to number one. God doesn't hear sinners' prayers. Only time he hears a sinner's prayers is when he's repenting. Then he becomes a child of God and God hears his prayers. And we are to pray unceasingly and we're to confess our sins. Not because we need to be forgiven. We've already been forgiven when we accept Christ. But to maintain the relationship. Have you ever done something and upset your fathers, your earthly father, and they don't speak to you for a couple of days? You know, I did. I disappointed my dad one time, and he wouldn't speak to me for a week. Hardest week of my life. I've had some hard weeks. Sit down at the table, he would talk to everyone at the table but me. He never even acknowledged my presence. Finally, at the end of the week, I said, look, let's just go ahead and whoop me, get this over with. I had enough of this. I can't live like this. I said, this is what I did. I'm sorry. That's all he wanted me to say was, this is what I did. I'm sorry. I won't do it again. He already knew what I did. He was well aware of what I did. I'm sure that about five minutes after I did what I did, he already knew about it because the phone lines rang up around here back then like it was... Anyway, I'm not going there, but uh, he was waiting for me to tell him what I did. What do you think the Lord does? You don't think he don't know what we've done? the, The difference between my earthly father and my heavenly father, my heavenly father not only knows what I've done, but he knows what my mind was thinking and my motives when I did it. And so I have to confess to him, he already knows. I have to put atmosphere to it. Voice to the atmosphere. 
And that's what's happened over the last 49 years. People have been putting voices to atmosphere. And we've changed and righted a wrong. There's other wrongs that will be righted. See, science finally caught up with the abortion industry. We have 3D sonograms. You can actually see the fingers and the facial expressions of the baby in the womb. You can hear the heartbeat. Thus, there's no such thing as a mass of flesh. It is a gift of God. He knew them before he formed the foundation of the world. He chose the parents that we got for whatever reason. For us to bless them and them to bless us somehow. But take a little, listen to this. Psalm 16, 18 that I just read. However, draws our attention to the world cherished. If I had cherished sin. To cherish sin means to embrace it. To love it. To hold on to it. To refuse to give it up. This is vastly different from committing a sin. That we regret, confess, or forsake. As soon as the Holy Spirit brings us to our attention. God doesn't expect us to be sinless, but he does call on us to deal with our sin as soon as possible. 1 John 1, 9 says that. Bottom line, we can't live consistently sinful lifestyle and expect God to hear our prayers. We just can't. You know, you've heard preachers stand in pulpits all across America and talk about one person that's got their foot in the church and the other foot in the world. You know what happens when you're standing in two places like that? One's going to sink. When I was in the military, I made sergeant. And uh, I still lived in the barracks. And so I knew all the guys in the barracks, but, and I knew all the NCOs. And uh, my sergeant major called me in, and my first sergeant, and they told me right after I'd made sergeant that uh, needed to have a talk with me. So I'm sitting in the, the command sergeant major, standing in the command sergeant major's office. The only one sitting was everybody else. Uh, I was the lowest, the newest addition to the ranks of the NCOs. And he told me, he said, Wilson, you're walking that fence. He said, you're on the fence. You got the guys you used to be with, and you got us. He said, you're going to fall off that fence. And he said, you better make sure when you hit the ground, you're on the right side of that fence. I understood what he was telling me. I needed to be on the NCO side of the fence. I needed to let them guys know that not that I didn't love them and not that I didn't care for them and not that I wasn't one of them, but now I had more responsibility. I had a job to do. And they needed to respect that and I needed to respect them. And so we need to consistently make sure that we're on the right side of the fence. We need to make sure that we're walking the Christian life. Our prayers depend on it. The answers to our prayers depend on the fact that God hears our word. That we're not hindered by unconfessed sin. That we're not sucked down into I cherish sin. Another Psalm, 34, 15. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their cry. When we accept Christ and we become his children, we've been made righteous through the sacrifice of Christ. If we have a right relationship with God and we earnestly are seeking to follow and honor him with our lives, we never have to wonder if he's listening to our prayers. Never. 
He's hearing us as we speak. On the contrary, this verse assures us that he is carefully attuned to our lives. And eager to hear every prayer that comes from our lips. Think about that. He is in tune with our lives. Not just when we wake up in the morning. Not just when we're on our knees. Not just when we're worshiping God on Sundays and Wednesdays. and Not just when we're around other Christian families. He is constantly attuned to every aspect of our life. He indwells us. His spirit is in us. I used to teach youth, and I used to ask them, especially the high school age ones, and, and the middle schoolers, and I'll ask you now if you have, you can raise your hand. Have you ever said or done anything outside of this church that you wouldn't do in this building? And I'm sure every one of us, I have, will raise our hand. And then I tell them, you realize you've done it. In a church already. No. Christ built his church in the hearts of men. Your heart is the temple of God. He lives there. He lives there. So the things you say and the things you do out there, away from here, you might as well do them in here because you done done it. He knows. He knows every aspect of our life. Bottom line, God hears the prayers of those who put their trust in him. Our lives and our trust have to be in him. Make great decisions or big decisions. Put it to the Lord for prayer. And Daniel 18 tells, 9, 18 tells us, We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. We don't make requests of God because we're righteous. We make them because of his mercy. We want to call down his mercy. We want to call down his blessing. We want to call down his providence. The beautiful concept or excerpt from Daniel's prayer on behalf of the Jews exiled in Babylon shows us the profound truth about prayer. That God answers our prayers because of his mercy because of his glory and because of him and him alone we receive our gifts we receive salvation because of his mercy and grace we are not going to face the great white throne judgment because of his mercy and his grace and our acceptance of who his son is and his sacrifice on the cross. And why he went. And who he went for. God loved us so much. God answers our prayers because of his mercy, not our good works. Many believers think their good works obligate or persuade God to act on their behalf. There's nothing further than the truth. Works. We do works because of our love for God, not to receive the love of God. You know, most of us were raised in a cost-return family. You make good grades, you get this. You go to school, you do this, you get this. I played sports. I was pretty good in baseball. Now, you have to understand this doesn't sound like a lot, but at the time that I was playing, it was a lot. He gave me 50 cents for every home run I hit. And every time I went to bat, I tried to make 50 cents. <laughs> that was a lot of bubble gum and candy. <laughs> a lot of bubble gum and candy. It was a, see, it was a, a work and reward. And what we have now is a gift and then works. We have a free gift and then we do works. We do works not to glorify ourselves, but to glorify God. We do works to show God and the world love. He loved us first while we were yet sinners. We have nothing to brag about our, our salvation. It was a gift. God answers our prayers in his great mercy toward us. It's our obedience that moves God. 
It's not our work. Not our work. He tells us that on that day, many will say, Lord, Lord, look what we've done in your name. And what's his answer? Depart from me, for I never knew you. See, anybody can do works. Not anybody can love the Lord and obey him without the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The only way you can do that is through salvation, through repentance, and the gift that God gave us through Jesus Christ on the cross. Period. Psalm 5.3. The morning. Uh, it says in the morning O Lord you hear my voice. In the morning I lay my request upon you. And wait in expectation. The psalmist who pins Psalm 5.3. Models the attitude that we should have when we pray. That of eager Expectation. We should never believe God will answer our prayers. Uh, we should never believe that God will answer our prayers and diligently, and diligently watch for his hand at work. The psalmist also shows us that we uh, need to pray early in the day. We have the rest of the day to anticipate God's answer. If you're going to pray for someone and if you're going to pray for something and you don't believe it's going to happen... You're wasting your breath. You have to believe it. What is the purpose of prayer if you don't believe? I've seen preachers who prayed for healing. And they, right at the end, man, they were doing good. They were, they were exalting God. And they were praying, Lord, heal this person. We're praising you. We're giving you the glory. And right at the very end, before they close it, if it be your will. You just call this name down. You just call this blessing on this man or this woman. And then you're going to doubt your own prayer. If it be your, of course it's going to be his will one way or the other. But I'm praying because I expect God to heal this person. And this person for whatever it is to walk out clean. Not if it's his will. It's because I'm a righteous person. And I'm asking him to do this. He tells us we have not because we act. Not. We're not asking and praying for the right things. He tells us in his word. When you're praying for someone to get better. You pray like they are going to survive. It's going to happen. Think about David. What did he do when Bathsheba's baby was laying there? Sick, fixing to die. David prayed for that baby's life. Earnestly and hard. And when the baby died, he got up and walked away. People thought he was being cold. He said, I will see this baby in the next life. He did everything that he could do this side of heaven for that child. He prayed earnestly. He prayed as hard as he could. That's what we need to be about. We need to be about praying for the lost as hard as we can. Those that are in our families... Those that are our friends, pray for them unceasingly. It took 49 years to overturn Roe. It took 70 years for the uh, Israelites to flee out of Babylon. Think about it. Nothing worth having comes easy and without some expectation and without some exertion. Christians in America are lazy. They're lazy. I'm one of them, I know. I go on mission trips to third world countries. When you have people that get up in the mor- in, at, at 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning to walk down a mountain with flip-flops to go to church, spend all day at church, And walk back up that same mountain and get up and go to work the next day. Shoot, most of us won't even walk to the mailbox. How far will you walk to worship God? How many would be here today? (laughs) This is a tough one. If the air conditioning wasn't working. It's hot out there. Think about it. What would we do? We have it easy. Bottom line is, when we pray, 
We can wait in eager anticipation of God to work on our behalf. Think about that. When you pray and someone's healed, who gets the glory? God. When you pray and someone comes to the Lord, who gets the glory? God. You can take satisfaction in the fact that the Lord heard and answered your prayer. I've read a book where a man had written a book about after death or near death experiences. And actually the guy died and came back. They revived him. And uh, the one that I think that I remember the most, the man had been in a car accident with a tractor trailer that was loaded with fuel and it burned him bad. And he died. And when they get to the hospital, they're still working on him. And they gave him a shot. They revived him. Uh, and they didn't think that he would survive that because of the burns on his body and the amount of damage that was done. And when he got to where he could get through the operations and all of that, and he was still having some more operations to be done, he was able to leave the hospital. Uh, he started sharing his testimony. And he said that when he had died, he went to heaven. And he said he was walking down a dirt road. He said he was met by Jesus. And he said he couldn't hardly hear anything that Jesus was saying because he said it was so loud that, that from people's voices that he couldn't hear him. And he asked the Lord, he said, why is it so loud? He said, those are the people that's praying for you not to die. He said, and in a moment I was back. Heaven was a noisy place for this man. The prayers of the saints were drowning out the voice of the Lord. Think about that. Think about it. Do our prayer lives intermingle with them? Do we make a noise in heaven? Or are we whispering our devotions to God? Do we wait in eager anticipation for God to work on our behalf? Or have we got caught up in our drive-through lifestyle where we want it now? And if we don't get the answer now, then we go on about our business and try to enforce it or force it ourselves. God's timing is not our timing. His timing is perfect. Jerry's is not, I assure you. I think we got time for one more. 1 John 5.14 This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. God delights in answering prayers that align with His will. But how do we know what God's will is? The most reliable way to know is by reading His Word. You want to know what God's will is? Read the Bible. You want to know what He wants? Read the Bible. You want to know how He's going to respond? Read the Bible. Uh, as we seek God through the Bible, reading and prayer, uh, we get to know his heart and gain wisdom and spiritual insight. This gives us a greater understanding of how to pray according to his will and a greater chance of having our prayers answered. Think about this. Having our prayers answered. If you can ink out five minutes a day to read the Bible or to listen to it, and let it sink in quietly. That's better than nothing. That's better than nothing. God answers every prayer that aligns with his will. I visited a home one time. And I walked in. And the coffee table was sitting there. And they had moved the Bible next to the TV, you know. And on the coffee table was the dust spot where it said... <laughs> You know, I didn't say anything because uh, my house ain't clean either. But, uh, you know, uh, there it's set. And I'm wondering how much dust they had to wipe off the Bible when they moved it to the TV. But anyway, today we live in a society where we have the most biblically illiterate generation of our time. Because people just won't read the Bible. And today it's more expensive. It's actually inexcusable because every one of us can download a, a Bible app. And they have them now that are 
Uh, now, when, I'm going to tell my age again. When I was a child and we would go to the library, we'd put headphones on and they would stick a record player with about 10 of us plugged into the socket. And we would listen to stories on the record player. And it would have the music and, you know, you got your imagination running wild. And we used to always go in and uh, plug in the Headless Horseman. And <laughs> just, we just liked it, you know, with the galloping of the horses and all that. But the thing was, was we learned that story by listening, not reading it. And so whenever one of us got the chance to do a book report on it, we never even had to read the book. We read it from the album. I know that's not right, but that's what we did. Uh, but we had quotes verbatim, who said what, and who was talking to who. You can listen to the Bible app. They have them that not only are they narrated, but they have different people narrating parts. And they have music in the background and their dramatic narration and makes it interesting. And if you have a newer car, you can just hit that app to your, to your car and you can listen to it riding down the road. Be hands-free and abide the law and listen to the word of God. Osmosis works. It does. And if you're here today and you're upset because the Supreme Court restored a woman's right to quote health come down front I'll pray with you if you're here today and you're just thoroughly overjoyed and you want to sock it to the guys on the other side come down here let me, let me pray with you you know love prevailed life prevailed Unborn children who had no voice now has an advocate. Our country, for the most part, is going to stop killing babies. There's some states that are still going to do it. They're still going to do it. When North Carolina, being part of the Bible Belt, decides that they want to be moral again, it'll probably stop here. That's going to take you and me and everybody else that calls themselves a Christian to go to the polls and vote for whoever you deem that can do what you ask them to do. That's the only way in this country. And we're going to continue to pray with God for another 50 years if it takes to eliminate it totally in this country. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. The invitation's open when the song's played. If you, if you want to come down and pray at the altar, if you, for whatever reason, you can come forward and, uh, and we will uh, pray with you or help you all we can. In Jesus' name, let's go to the Lord. Most glorious Lord God, we love you and we thank you for the importance of prayer. Lord, we thank you for what happened Friday. Um, Lord, we uh, also give you thanks that it really hasn't been as... Uh, violent as people make it out to be we're so thrilled lord that there's states that are brave enough to outlaw it right out lord i ask that you would give these states the ability to revamp their adoption system so that these mothers that really truly don't have the capacity or the means or the wherewithal to raise these children will be able to Put them up for adoption and they can find homes uh, where they can be loved on like they deserve. Lord, these children never asked to come into this world. And we ask you, Lord, to give us the ability to be compassionate, compassionate to those on both sides of this issue. We ask you, Lord, that you would give the, the legislators in our state the moral directive and rectitude to do what's right. We thank you, Lord, for your provisions. We ask you, Lord, that if there's anyone here today that needs prayer, that they don't leave the building without receiving it. If anyone here today needs to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, today is the day. And whatever they need, we're here for their, to fill their needs. In Jesus' name I pray.